Welcome to 360 Conversations Black History Month podcast takeover. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of the 360 brand. I am acutely aware that it is November, but if you listen to the episode with Marsha Powell, you would have heard me explain that I have difficulty with endings. I am recovering from this. I have worked out a hack to get me over this, um, but the issue meant that wrapping up this project has just gone way over time. We are where we are. Nobody died. Nobody was harmed. Nothing is ruined. Um, I've course corrected in this moment, babes. Anyway, I am delighted to share an audio contribution from everybody's favourite wear your happy fashion expert. Well, she's not a fashion expert. She is a fashion expert, but she's a fashion designer that uses clothing to help set her mood and has a hashtag that has probably been used millions of times called hashtag where you're happy. I am talking about none other than the Karen Arthur. In this audio contribution, Karen, even, sorry Karen, is honouring her late aunt Monica. In this audio contribution, Karen shares a really candid and vulnerable account of the complex feeling she had when she became the carer for her aunt Monica in her last few weeks of life. The role of caring for her aunt came at a point in time where Karen had just started to feel freedom after leaving a relationship that was no longer serving her. Karen talks about the complex feeling she had and feeling rather burdened by this ask and then deciding that she was going to make the most of this opportunity only for it to not come into fruition as her aunt sadly passed away. In grief... Karen found a deepened and newfound love for fashion. Karen's grief led her to make conscious decisions about the clothes she wears, using clothing as part of her self-care toolkit, and led her to something that, if you are in contact with Karen now, she is very well known for, which is where you're happy. Karen uses clothes as a method of self-care, and this is in part due to the passing of her late aunt Monica. This is a really vulnerable and raw account um, and not that you'll enjoy it but I hope you appreciate Karen's candour just as much as I did. Thank you so much Karen, I really appreciate your contribution. Hello, my name is Karen Arthur I am a fashion designer under the label Redskin UK. Uh, I'm a sewing tutor. I am a mental well-being advocate, aren't we all? Um, I talk a lot, (laughs) I talk a lot, full stop, but I talk a lot about um, the links between making conscious clothing choices and um, good mental well-being. Um, and I use the hashtag where you're happy on social media. And I also talk a lot about menopause. Um, I'm determined to, you know, break the silence around menopause and help women to 
understand that it's nothing to be scared of. Uh, I believe that um, the only reason we're scared about it is because we don't talk about it. So there's that. So, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Um, do I do anything else? That'll do for now. So the historical figure uh, I've chosen is my aunt, my aunt Monica. Uh, my aunt Monica was born in the late 30s and um, she was born in Barbados. My parents are from Barbados. My family's from Barbados in the Caribbean. Uh, and she came to London in the 70s. Um, the reason I've chosen her is because she has become... Do you know what? I think it's because I honestly didn't understand what an impact she would have on my life and how important her legacy has become to me in recent years. Um, in two, in, mm, So in 2015, lots of things happened in 2015, but one of the things that happened is that my aunt was taken into hospital. Um, they were trying to investigate what was happening with her. Uh, she kept collapsing in the street and she was um, not very cognizant and so they were doing some tests on her. Um, and this came as a bit of a surprise. She was 74 at the time. But 2015 was also a year when I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And I was battling my own demons um, around the next direction in my life. I, had, I was a teacher and uh, I was a teacher for 28 years, ending up as a head of house in a boys' school. And in 2015, I ended up um, leaving work, leaving my career behind um, and entering therapy, really, to try and unravel some of the, you know, trauma that I'd experienced with a breakup with my partner a de almost a decade ago then, uh, but also just trying to navigate the rest of my life. And my aunt went into hospital around the same time. And I remember, uh, it's a hard thing to admit now, but I remember feeling resentful, actually. I'd just left my job. I felt free. And then suddenly, as the uh, nearest uh, living relative, um, she'd named me as, you know, her next of kin. She didn't have any children. Um, she lived in Peckham, which is only a few miles away. And although I didn't see her very often, we spoke maybe four or five times a year. Not that much. And... But, you know, uh, as next of kin, I was contacted by the hospital and contacted by social services. And my life became full of caring for my aunt. This doesn't sound very nice, does it? Um, but it's true. I, uh, the moment I became free, I then found myself in a situation where I was caring for my aunt. And I resented it. I went into therapy to talk about all sorts of things and this came up because uh, my aunt went into hospital, came out of hospital, went back in again, came out again and finally went in and didn't come out. And it was a shock to 
me and to lots of people, obviously family, but we weren't, we were expecting her to come out. And while she was in hospital, I was thinking, oh, I'll, you know, I'll be the perfect niece and I will, we will, I will up my game and we will go. I discovered during her illness that we had lots in common. We both loved uh, live watching, listening to live classical music. Um, we liked similar TV programmes. She loved to travel, as did I. And so I had this whole story in my head about how amazing I was going to be. And then she wasn't there anymore. Um, so my Aunt Monica was never married and never had children. And I discovered that when I had to, when she did pass away and I was executor to her will, I discovered that she gave most of her money away every month to various charities. She had about 20 charity direct debits and they were all, most of them were children, children's charities. Um, I was taken aback by how generous she was with her money. She um, travelled a lot with her church. She was devoted to her church. She loved to play the piano. I also um, used to play the piano. And um, she devoted most of her life either to her charity work or to her church. She was a piano player for the sermon on service on the on the Sunday and I think another day of the week and she also um when she she developed pneumonia and she lost one of her the tip of one of her gorgeous long piano playing fingers which devastated her but instead of you know letting that stop her she she decided to she just became more involved in the church and did the finances instead she did the books um, and I think about her a lot. I believe, as I'll backtrack, she passed and I organised a funeral for her. It was a very busy time and I was, as I said, battling my own demons. And um, when I had, I had to, one, one of the things in her will was to sell her flat. And so I had to go to her flat and sort through all her things. And she had, you know, clothes and paraphernalia from decades. She was, you know, an old Caribbean auntie who never threw things away, which is quite common. And um, while she wasn't so much into fashion per se, not in the way that I am, she still loved good quality clothing. So she spent money on her clothing. Um, Marks and Spencer is a big fixture. Uh, because it represented quality at the time. And um, there were a couple of skirts that I decided to keep. I loved them. Two 70s skirts that I decided to keep. Whilst uh, I was sorting through um, through her wardrobe, there wasn't a lot I wanted... At first I wanted to keep everything and then I realised that that would just be stuff and that would make me sad. So I think I ended up with a bangle that was given to me by her sister at the funeral and a couple of skirts. 
so 2015 moved on, as I will move on, and I missed her more than I thought I would, considering that I'd hardly seen her uh, during the years. It's, it's an odd thing. And I, and I have questioned what that's about, um, but I won't go into it here. But I found that on the days that I was feeling at my worst and when I really needed to get out of the house because I knew full well that if I did manage to leave the house and see people and speak to people that it would actually make me feel better and that was one of the many uh, uh, tools in my toolbox. Does that make any sense? Um, that helped me to raise myself out of my um, depression diagnosis. So I would put her skirt, one of her skirts on. Uh, and that was how I started to also think about, you know, making conscious, conscious clothing choices. And I came up with the hashtag where you're happy for, I was on Twitter at the time more than I am. Now I'm on Instagram a lot, much more visual. Um, so I'm honouring her. I'm honouring her. And I'm recognising that without... They say that, um, you know, you have to go into the darkness before you can come out kind of thing and to appreciate the light. And I, although I miss her almost every day, I, I hear her voice saying, why don't you go back to university and study an MA in education, which was never going to happen. Um, I hear her offering me a gift when I did go round there. Um, I hear her talking about her pen pals. I hear her telling me about her childhood in, in the Caribbean. And I imagine her, I imagine her championing what I'm doing now and, and encouraging me, especially when I wear something that she wore. I believe strongly that clothing carries a history and, um, you know, woven within those threads is something that connects me and her. I don't know whether this is the historical figure that I was supposed to talk about, but I suppose it was a no-brainer, really. There are many historical figures that I could have chosen, and certainly um, I look to many women, such as, you know, the departed recently departed Toni Morrison and, you know, Maya Angelou, whose, you know, their quotes are all over the place, but certainly are women that I look up to and some words that I live by. But um, for me, it had to be someone personal and it had to be someone I know. And um, I continue to uh, live in a way that would make my Aunt Monica proud. In terms of my self-care, I suppose my aunt gave a lot of herself to other people. And if I'm honest, I don't know whether that was right for her. As I say, she passed um, without 
a major love in her life, although from what I understand there was one, but that seems to be shrouded in mystery. And she wanted children but didn't have the opportunity to have them because she wanted them within a a marriage. Um, I don't know whether she did everything that she wanted to do and I'm determined that I'm not going to waste my life, certainly doing stuff out of duty and doing things that... and not doing what I love, not following what I love or following my dream. This is turning into a bit of a... I don't know what this is. Um, I'm here to tell you that I feel that I... My Aunt Monica enriched my life despite the fact that I didn't see her as often as I wanted to. And whilst I I don't regret that because I don't believe in regrets, I certainly believe that her presence in my life has enhanced it for many reasons. And I use, you know, her... her life as as a way of making sure that I live mine in the best way that I can. Black History Month is a is a funny old bean, I think. Um, and more and more, people are shying away from the idea of it being called Black History Month and wanting it to be called Diversity Month. And that's fine, that's their journey. But certainly for me, when I think of Black History Month, I'm not necessarily thinking of historical figures that are in the books or you know, um, the peop- the well-known people. I'm thinking of my family. I'm thinking of my mum and my dad who travelled from Barbados to London to make a better life for us. I'm thinking of my aunt who sent money home to my grandfather every month and sent him letters about what she was doing and what she was getting up to. And, yeah, I think about the women in my life who whose shoulders I stand on. Yeah, that's it, really. Um, Happy Black History Month, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.